We were delayed in getting started today because of something you're going to tell me about soon after this. Yeah. All right, here we go. The T-Bone. <laughs> and Chick Brew. Let's God bless. All these years, just get it right one time. What do you want from me? 40 years they've been trying. You couldn't fire somebody if they were horrible, doing a terrible job for the veterans. And now you can say you're fired. <laughs> Okay. No one listens to radio. And now for a quick disclaimer. The T-Bone. And Chick Brew. Show is brought to you by nobody. We have no sponsors. The show is still rated G. For Glorious. Hi, hello, my friend. How are you? I understand there was a kerfuffle with your food order today. (laughs) I can't wait to hear about this because... Again, for those of you who don't know, she is in Spain. I am not in Spain. And Spain timelines are different. Everything is different in Spain. Normally, dinner is eaten much later in the evening, which it appears you were getting ready to do. And then Spain said, let's make it even later. What happened? You know how it goes. One, the restaurants don't open until late, especially on when it comes to dinner. There's a lot of siesta and then... They close at four and I, I had a craving. I had a very strong craving. So I wasn't just going to order whatever. And what was the craving? I wanted sushi. Oh. Yes. Yes. And where do you get sushi at in Puerto de Santa Maria? This place called Doma. Okay. It's like over by the waterfront. Oh, it's a good place for a sushi place. Yeah. 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 No, they have, they have really good. They have edible sushi. Edible, she says. <laughs> And, and Spain is not necessarily known for their sushi. So, in your uh, most recent wine pairing uh, thing you did, I saw some amazing tuna. Why don't you just make your own sushi? You have the capability. That was salmon. Oh. I I cured it with 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 beets, mm. so it came out that beautiful color. Because I don't want to have a whole fish. <laughs> That's a lot of sushi. So you order the sushi that that has like, it sounds weird, but it's super good. And it's got like fire roasted banana on top. Mm, Fire roasted banana. Yeah, it's super good. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm not a sushi chef at all. You just want to eat the food. I just want to eat it. So you make this order and you know what time you're getting home. So you make the order so that the order shows up soon, if not after you get home, correct? Yeah. Like I I knew I ordered, they opened at eight. I already had all of my items in my basket. And at eight, I went, (laughs) place that order. And then it takes, it takes a while. I don't know why it takes a while. I didn't order anything that should have taken that long especially like before the rush but somewhere along the way you get a notification via app or via text or something that says (laughs) your expected delivery time is pushed back two hours (laughs) 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 and i don't want to like sushi is not one of those things that you can get wait to eat you know you can't just i mean you could but it's not gonna be as good and i didn't want to be sitting here you know chopsticks in the face (laughs) trying to talk to you that would be rude but but it was very specific you had to have sushi tonight yes okay yeah i had a similar craving except it goes more along with my ethnicity Uh, i had to have pizza i had to have some pizza and (laughs) 
Living in Spain for years, your taste buds will be dulled. You are not experiencing flavorful food on a regular basis. You're just, you're experiencing normal food, but spice isn't something that Southern Spain really does. So when I left Southern Spain to go see someone get promoted in Sicily, my taste buds were awoken. Excitingly, I had forgotten how amazing food could be because I had been living in Spain so long. Well, ever since my little issue, you know, all the flavor has been taking out all of my food. I, I got to eat the uh, androgynous uh, seasoning. <laughs> dash a dash. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the fake salts and, and everything's just kind of plain and you know my wife's such a trooper she's she's eating the plane with me you know and i feel bad and she had mentioned something about pizza today and and out during my travels i was like you know what she deserves some pizza not any kind of bland heart safe pizza she deserves some good fire roasted pizza so i, I picked one up and i brought it home and i had a slice of this pizza and i forgot how amazingly delicious food is now I'm going to go back into my uh, hibernating from the wonderful taste of food, just eating not flavorful stuff so that I can live long time. Yay me. Yeah, you have to do your part. But every once in a while, I need a couple of pepperonis and some cheeses and some sausages. I, I, I need the good stuff. It's like, it's, it is my crack. Crack <laughs> <laughs> crack. Crack, surprisingly, not as bad as the heart, not as bad on the heart as a meat lover's, as a stuffed crust meat lover's. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's funny. I love when I love when people first get here and they are like, I thought Spanish food was spicy. You think about Mexican food? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a different country completely. It's not the same at all. Spanish food is not spicy or remarkable in any way it's just food it really is I, simple I feel, like when, I feel like there is remarkable spanish food i feel like it is not in this area if you go like, up to sevilla there is a two-star michelin up there in sevilla where you could spend you could spend two three hundred dollars sitting down and trying some amazing food there's some great food in jerez great food in jerez but and it's. I will say it is more common now than it was even pre-pandemic. Like I was. I was telling this. I was telling the story recently of the all-you-can-eat place out there in Hareth, the Chinese buffet in Hareth next to the go-kart track. <laughs> and I frame it like this: when I when I lived in Rota, which wasn't too long ago, I I was one of four fat people in Rota. In in my village, there were four really large men. The they left were... side of you, the right <laughs> side of you, the left side of me, and the right side of me. Four there, fat people. There were only four of us. Uh, and you you know one of them, and I, I am the other, so you know at least two of them. So there was two Americans and two Spanish, and we're the largest men in Rota, okay? And there's only four of us. And and then one of them, one of us gets surgery, and you know, and he starts shrinking away, and one of the other two dies, and now it's just me and the Spanish guy, or the two fat guys in Rota. And then one day I Wait, took what one of the other two dies. Yeah, yeah, one of the Spanish fat guys dies, and oh. and then one of the American fat guys gets the surgery, and he shrinks. So it's just me and the other fat guy. So now I'm down to two fat guys in my village. I am fifty percent of the fat guys in the village. 
And then we went out. It was me and Nina. We went out to the Chinese buffet there at the at uh, the Hareth. Uh, what's the the shopping center with IKEA? La Luz. The, yeah, La, La Luz. We go out there, and and Spain had been hiding all of their giant fat people in the area in this restaurant. I had never seen so many fat Spanish people in one location. And these were big people, like people so big, they made me feel small. Like I feel rather svelte inside of this place. And they, they made no qualms. They're out there. They're, they're basically they're like a, a American fat people. If there were mobility scooters to go back and forth to the buffet, they would have been using them. They were definitely wearing sweatpants and flip-flops and the place was disgusting and i i do not do not recommend it at all it's funny i have a co-worker and uh you know he loads up all the kids and the wife and they're out in her rest doing a bouncy jump trampoline birthday or whatever and then they're like oh well we got to get something to eat and they they went there because they got all the kids and they're like oh we go to the buffet it'll be fine it'll be fine and that's what he said he was like I didn't know Spanish people came in that size. <laughs> they were like American-sized Spaniards. And I was like, what? And he was like, the food was not good. I don't. It was don't not good. Go it was dirty. And the, and the fat people that are in there are disgusting. Uh, it's just, it's a horrible sight to see. And I'm so glad that your friend went there to verify this story that I've been telling for years on how bad this is. Yeah. I mean, you I know, feel like. Uh, I feel like our listeners in America will definitely know that I feel like we've all been to a buffet where you've walked in and been like, oh, dang. (laughs) Muerta de la Pasta is all you can eat. And it's it's actually it's not on the outskirts of the loop. It's inside Playa de Luz and uh, Death by Pasta. It's it's I love the name of a restaurant that's called Death by Pasta. And it's all you can eat and it's clean and it's neat. And the people that are in there are normal sized Spanish people. But if you go to the outer loop, if you go out there by the golf carts, they're just so big and disgusting. It's like. It's like Walmart had a sale on fat Spanish people and then shipped them all to Spain. It's just, yeah, don't go there. I do not recommend. <laughs> As a fat person. Yeah, because I, I, you know fat. what? Come to think of it, since we've been back in the States, I haven't been to an all-you-can-eat buffet here. And I used to love the all-you-can-eat buffets. I've been thrown out of an all-you-can-eat buffet. But to be fair, (laughs) to be fair, uh, that was more Big Baby's fault than it was mine. I see. You blame the man who can't defend himself. Noted. Oh, he can defend himself if he chooses to. He's got the number to the hotline. And I'm just going to go play (laughs) that right now. It's the T-Bone and Chick Will Hotline. You used to call me on my... If he wants to defend himself about anything, I'm about to say he absolutely could. But he knows doggone well we were performing in Davie, Florida, something like that. And we went to the the King China Buffet for lunch. And we were in there. And it was me, him, and Buck Naked. And somebody else was with us. I don't remember who it was. But... Big Baby was was putting on a master class on how to just destroy an all-you-can-eat buffet. He was just nom, 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 nom. And then 
I don't remember what it, it was, king crab legs or something like that. But they made the mistake of, you know, parading the beef, if you will, of, of whatever the dinner entree was right by us. And we had gone over, unknowingly, we had gone over from lunch into dinner time. And when they brought out those king crab legs, he, the, the delight in his eyes, it just, they, his eyes glistened with garlic butter. You could just see this smile roll across his face. And instantly he looked at, he looked at Buck Naked and he said, ah, I'm about to destroy this. And he gets up and he, he brings his little Padawan along with him, his little trainee, his little mentor. And they go up there and they load up a giant plate of crabs, uh, seafood crab legs come back to the table and just 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 there's spittle and sparks and bone just flying everywhere it's just like a machine just destroying these crab legs when uh, the manager the owner the waiter i don't know when i say he looked like jet lee i'm not lying he looked like jet lee a little small asian guy with good strong stance he stood up on the table and he stood up at the table and was like you not pay for dinner you go and he is adamant and just like john panette said so many years ago <laughs> you eat too much you leave now and they and and this argument ensued about him eating too much at an all-you-can-eat restaurant and they were calling the cops and and he's adamant look look little man i'll you know what's the difference five dollars six i'll pay the difference whatever i'll pay for a new one he's trying to downplay the situation by just telling the guy relax it's okay here's some more money but they had done so much damage to that buffet that they knew whatever the current rate was that there was no way they were going to recover this night from what was happening and they wanted us out and they did call the police and the police, their argument is, even though it's an all-you-can-eat restaurant, if you outstay your welcome and they ask you to leave, you, you have to leave. See, and I'm the balance of that, right? Like, you take me to a buffet. One, there's too many people touching stuff. I don't – so I'm not, like, a huge buffet person. I'm not – I can't really get quite past it. Um, I tend to go to the spaces where someone is serving you, and then I'm like, I will take all of that. But I'm like maybe two plates, like a one and a half plate. So I, I'm like the person they want. I did watch uh, a little video not too long ago of these like two guys that are competitive eaters. And they go, they went to all you can eat buffet. This <laughs> thing about watching them eat, like my tummy hurts. <laughs> they were eating and they were like, they weren't eating slowly. We'll say that they weren't eating slowly. And I was like, well, why are you in such a hurry? What are you doing? <laughs> and they and, and eventually a guy comes down and he's like, look, we don't have any more. <laughs> like, you got to go. Joey Chestnut, one of my favorite uh, uh, competitive eaters on the planet because he's, he's done some USO shows. He's gone out there. He's talked to the troops. He's a super great guy. And the current reigning Nathan's hot dog championship record holder, Joey Chestnut, great guy. I would love to see like a prank show where Joey goes to all-you-can-eat buffets and just demolishes. Yeah, I would love to see a show where they take Joey Chestnut or, or any of the, the world competitive eaters and as a, as a prank, just, you know, put some hidden cameras up, walk them into an all-you-can-eat buffet and just watch them destroy an all-you-can-eat buffet. I would, I would enjoy <laughs> that. That would be fun. That's good television. Someone should make that. Highbrow. Highbrow entertainment. <laughs> 
or or uh, uh, more public service announcements for the elderly people visiting Florida. So in case you haven't seen the video, and there's video, uh, 80-year-old woman is walking a cat. Well, I mean, they called it a dog, but it's the size of a cat. Is, is walking a, a, a tiny little dog on the water's edge in Florida. What can possibly go wrong? Literally everything. Uh, absolutely <laughs> everything. And the thing is, if you look at the video, it's on a slope. It's like a 10, 15 degree slope. And it's far away from anything. It's not like it was a sidewalk that happened to be brushing along the water's edge. She walked this dog all the way down to the water's edge and walked along the water's edge. And the inevitable, of course, happened. A 10-foot alligator leaped up out of the water and snatched that tasty treat. And this 80-year-old woman, who may have been trying to commit suicide. This is, this is probably one of the worst ways to go, but... Unless senility had popped in. I don't know. There's just no reason why you should be walking a dog that close to the water's edge when you're in alligator areas. I, I mean, when we would play golf, if my ball was near the water's edge, there were times when I was like, uh, you know what? I'm not really that attached to that golf ball. And because you have to be mindful. And most of the golf courses in Florida do have alligators in them. So when you're near the water's edge, you be, I have seen alligators come out of the water and take deer. I know fast. they are very fast and there ain't no getting away. She may have been inspired by a video that we had seen a month ago, two months ago of the old man. Alligator jumps up, grabs his dog. He jumps into the water and the alligator he's fighting is like a two foot alligator. Can still do some damage, but he literally picked the alligator up, uh, held it by its mouth, dragged it towards the land, and the dog popped out, and then he let the alligator go. This is a 10-foot alligator, and I have helped my friend, the game warden in Kings Bay, capture alligators. 10-foot, that's, that's a struggle. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of muscle, a lot of meat. That's a lot of danger, and she jumped in trying to save her dog. And unfortunately, she is she is no more. She does she no longer exists because some really really bad life uh, management, uh, operational risk management on a regular basis. You know, you don't need to be at work to do ORM. You do it in life. I like think you know I would like do anything for my dogs, but I also know that I'm not built for survival. So I do everything. I can to avoid those types of situations. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love this knucklehead who's messing with me right now. Absolutely love him. But when it comes down to uh, me, him, and an alligator, well, you know, again, depends on the size of the alligator. And I'm still, I'm still pretty healthy. I'm still pretty spry. If it's a two-foot alligator, maybe even a three-foot, four-foot alligator, depending on its mass, I, you know, I, well, no, no alligator that size is going to go after Zeus. He's too big for them. <laughs> but, but you know, if it's a 10, 12, 14 footer and they snatch my dog, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be dessert. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, it, it would break I my heart. Rupert it would break my heart. But I mean, reality Rupert is would Rupert would run away so fast and I would be like, we would be going bobsledding the opposite direction. Granger, on the other hand, would be like, come at me, come at me, come at me, you dinosaur. Come at me. Dinosaur. And that is correct. 
there's there's another video out there i don't know if you've ever seen it where like uh the family is wildly entertained by the fact that this tiny little dog chases the alligators away they live in an alligator infested area an alligator comes up hey 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 if that drops on my head i'm not gonna be happy I don't know what you've got looming over you. But I, I, I've got lights above me uh, oh. that are held up by poles, and he just started bouncing one of the poles around, trying to drop a light on my head, working with his mother to collect the insurance. But there's this there's this family that live in an alligator-infested area. They got a tiny little dog. Tiny little dog runs up and barks at the alligators, and the alligators go away. And it, ha- it happens once, and it's funny. It happens twice, it's funny. It happens three times, it's funny. Four, five, maybe six times. But eventually, that alligator goes, clump, and everybody's screaming. And the problem is no more, because the dog is gone. It, it, I've seen the one with the cat, where the cat, like, Oops, the alligator on the nose and the alligator's like, oh, reverse. <laughs> I, I have a lot of experience with alligators. One of my favorite ones. One of my favorite ones is me and Jack are out fishing. And, and there's this, he's probably a 10, 11 footer. Yes, my favorite fishing buddy and me are out fishing. And this alligator's maybe 500 yards away from us. But he's a big boy. We can see him. And we're yeah. fishing. And uh, you, you know, and we're keeping an eye on him. Make you know, keeping an eye. And where he was 500 yards away, now he's 450 yards away. Now we don't see him make the movements, so we, he's really he's really kind of sly about it. So we continue fishing. Turn back. He's 400 yards away. Continue fishing. Turn back. He's 375. He's slowly making his approach. And I remember when he I got just little hands in the water, like <laughs> no, he's out of the water. He's out of the water. He's oh. up on land. He's a big boy, and we can see him. And we've been tracking him, making his distance. And I remember he got about a half a football field away from us. And me and Jack just looked at each other like, yeah, we need to go. He's <laughs> He has slow crawled all of this distance to get into a gap where he can now close it rather quickly. And, and we did. We were smart enough to wrap it up because – I mean, I love Jack, but <laughs> you can your <laughs> But I mean, if I can't save Zeus, I sure as hell can't save Jack. <laughs> we all know that fishing is not your favorite anyways. No, I love to fish. I love to fish with my friend Jack or anybody else who can be Jack like when I fish because I only have one hang up. I can't touch live fish. Other than that, I love fishing. It's fun. You get to hang out with your friends and, you know, especially if you're catching good fish like uh, reds. And when they hit, you know they hit. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's T-Bone. Did you know you can listen to the Luns B Show on the iHeartRadio app? The team at iHeartRadio has created two new features on the app. You can now auto-download to your device and be notified when other new episodes are released, all for free using the iHeartRadio app. And you can listen to The Lunsby Show from anywhere. iHeartRadio. Discover music, radio, and podcasts you'll love. And uh, what segment do you want to do first there, or do you want to let the Wheel of Destiny decide? Wheel of Destiny. And now it is time for headlines from around the globe. 
It is time for headlines from around the globe. I see. I can do it. I see. I caught you by surprise. <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what happens. In case you're unfamiliar with the format. Every week, Chick Brew scours the internet to find interesting headlines that may leave us something a little to be explained. She then gives them to me, and I provide you with the rest of the story in an attempt to be funny, factual, clairvoyant. Uh, <laughs> these are these are the options that we have. Uh, she reads me the headlines, and I try to bring the funny. Here we go. Las Vegas thief steal catalytic converter from Wienermobile. Uh, <laughs> all right. First of all, uh, if you've ever seen the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, you know that uh, getting to the catalytic converter on that thing isn't really that difficult. It's got great ground clearance and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, considering its size, the catalytic converter on that thing is probably handcrafted. There's probably a whole lot of plutonium or whatever is in catalytic converters that make crackheads go out of their way to steal them. I I was going to ask, do you know why they're so popular? Well, it's definitely not for the resale value. There's something in it. There are some rare earth minerals that are inside catalytic converters that are that are. then taken out, stolen. I don't know. I don't know. The, you know, a junkie will steal an eight track from your car if they can. If, <laughs> if they think they can make money out of it. My issue here See, is that's why I know I would never be <laughs> successful in crime because, like, what do you do with that afterwards? You got to know somebody that can like do the stuff to give you the money, and I don't want to know that many people. You, you, in order to successfully convert a catalytic converter, first of all, all right, think of, think of everything that is involved in a catalytic converter theft. Uh, number one, you, you got to scope out the vehicle. You got to scope out the neighborhood. You have to do your recon. Number two, you have to come with an equipment and a knowledge base in order to, number one, get the vehicle up off the ground get underneath the vehicle, know what the catalytic converter is, know what tools you need to remove the catalytic converter, and to do this quite efficiently and uh, escape from the area before owners find you and kill you. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. it's, It's a lot of effort just to get the thing. Now that you've got it, you have to be able to convert it. There there may be junkyards out there that are buying cattle. There may be some... Hmm, less than reputable parts places out there, junkyards out there that are receiving catalytic converters and then doing whatever the process is that they need to do. Because whatever the material is inside a catalytic converter that's so, so worthy, so expensive, or is it? Is it really? Because, I mean, they steal I mean, copper. It only has value if someone says it has value. So, uh, as, as is true with everything, it's only valuable yes. if somebody wants it. This dollar is $100 because I said so. <laughs> but, I mean, they steal, they steal copper. I, I, I've been involved in a copper bust or two. They, they steal lots of copper and they steal copper in all kinds of ways. And they're selling it for pennies on the dollar. It's a, again, 
as with most criminals, if they took the time and effort to apply themselves to a legitimate business as they do to their illegitimate business, most of them would be very, very successful. I knew a cat once who was like the rain man of the Burger King drive through window. He could not only ring up your entire order accurately in his head, he could also add the taxes. So it seemed 1,000% legit when he gave you a total that was equal to everything that you bought plus the amount of tax. But he never used the register because if he used the register, then Burger King gets the money. And if he just used his brain, then he got to keep that money. And he was very successful at doing at scamming Burger King and he knew not to do it too often but just to do it enough so that he's putting money in his pocket if he had applied himself towards a legitimate business interest that guy would have been bill gates 20 years before bill gates had puberty issues <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't have those efforts or motivation <laughs> it's a it's a lot and you don't even have to have like i mean i am pretty successful in my business. Imagine how successful I would be if I had the energy and motivation of some of these I would be be a millionaire. Yeah, well, if you were making meth instead of cookies, uh, you you could be a millionaire because I guarantee you your meth would be on par with your cookies. They would be very, very good (laughs) cookies or, or pupcakes. Cupcakes, cupcakes, and meth. That's the new that's the new franchise for Chick Brew. <laughs> Don't say that. They'll come for me, and I'm not built for survival. <laughs> that's why you use your partner as a front. Ah, uh, yes. I don't know that that would go over well either. <laughs> You've met us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, So, again, for those of you out there stealing catalytic converters or copper or uh, making methamphetamine, whatever you're doing out there, uh, just to kind of try to find a way to apply your skills to a a legitimate business uh, where you you don't have to worry about the the Tucos in the world, the the Salamancas, the other things that I learned from watching Breaking Bad. How about another headline? German ballet director formally apologizes for smearing feces in critics' face. That is without a doubt the most German headline you could ever come across. A German ballet director apologizes for smearing feces in someone's face. Why? Isn't it just part of a German ballet that there's feces involved? Because for whatever reason, Germans are weird. Germans are unusually kinky and weird, and they love the Scheitzen. They love Scheitzen. The two girls, one cup thing, that was that was German. It's all j- weird German poo issues. What is it with people in poo? I don't get it. I don't. I don't know. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. More specifically, what is it with Germans and poop? Why do Germans love poop and David Hasselhoff? No one can explain. I do he- love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Maybe it's because his name is so German. They were just like. Well, that and, and he sings in German or he sang in German. At least once he sang in German. It, it has happened. I think he's got a couple albums in Germans. 
Because uh, uh, Norm Macdonald was uh, famous as always saying that Germans love Hasselhoff. They do, though. They really do. <laughs> but for a German ballet director to throw feces, or did not throw feces, <laughs> I, I know if there if there is ever, I, I, I've been around the world a couple of times. I've, I've seen some things. I've done some things. I know some things. I, I know that there is not an uh, official Olympic sport for feces throwing. But I, I know, I, I have experienced... Olympic grade feces throwers, and, and I know if there if there's ever going to be a gold medal for feces throwing, if the if it ever becomes an official sport, the gold medal will go to Afghanistan or Iraq. It will go to one of those two countries who are Olympic level feces throwers long long before there was an Olympic level feces throwing event. In a close second or third place, depending on how they how they judge, it's the how Germans. The it's the Germans, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> and if they can make a cross sport between like floor exercises, ballet and feces, 100 percent, the Germans take that gold every single time. Well, good, good for them. They're the shit. <laughs> oh, you, you. That's a great one. That is a great one. Sometimes I'll like find a good one and then I'll save it or I'll email it to myself and then I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I am my own worst enemy. And now we go to the book of everything, which every week shares with you knowledge of something you probably never, ever knew before. Starting this week with a very, very sciencey start, uh, uh, because uh, it's the first thing that I come across. The Higgs bosons, assuming they exist at all, exist for approximately one zeptosecond. A zeptosecond is a thousandth of a billionth of a billionth of a second again the book of everything that we are currently using has a copyright date i believe in the early 21st century 2012 because higgs bosons have since been proven to exist but uh the what is a higgs boson? it's a it's it's a particle that they found in the cern super collider there in switzerland Oh yeah, so they they run these things around. They make a big old boom. It was uh, it was nicknamed the God particle, even though the people okay. the people who originally called it the God particle said that was a horrible name for it. So uh, Higgs bosons, assuming they exist, one zeptosecond, a zeptosecond was cock throttle. Yes, cock throttle was something we learned last week. Have you used it yet? I have not. Do you remember? Do you remember what cock throttle is? No, that's probably why I'm not using it. Uh, well, I actually work with somebody who's a cock throttle. Oh, no, that's the Adam's apple. Yes, right? that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I do remember. Yes, one of my employees is a, is a cock throttle, but uh, I'm never going to call him that because it would probably get me fired. Here is the, right. second, the second fact from the book of everything, and this is a good one to know, just a general. How long was the Hundred Years' War? Ten days. 
Ah, <laughs> somebody forgot to carry the one. That's uh, that that would be that would be an astronomically huge mathematical mistake if it was only ten days long and they call it the Hundred Days War. No, the Hundred Days War actually lasted. I keep saying days because I'm an idiot. It's years, a hundred years. The Hundred Years War actually lasted 116 years. Keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. That is a chunk of knowledge that may allow you to get away from your hostage takers. <laughs> you, your hostage takers are some trivia nuts, and they are willing to let you and your family go if you could tell them how long the Hundred Years' War lasts. Now, obviously, you're going to think it's 100 years. Therefore, the, ter the, the hostage takers are looking forward to killing you and your family because they know you're going to get it wrong because you assume that the answer is in the question. But the answer is actually... 116 years, put that in your sock and smoke it. Baker's dozen of war, got it. <laughs> I would be interested to know why it, I've, I've always been confused by it. Number one, how does a war last 100 years? But it's not called uh, the, it's not, <laughs> it's not called the, the 100 year war, it's hundreds, but it doesn't go more than 100. It does go more than 100, but it doesn't go 200. So right. I, I was always confused by that. Crimea is what I say. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that better? You know, you got to find good replacement words when you're doing, when you're trying to be professional and not use profanity, you need good replacement words. And last, last week when I wanted to say a, a particular F word, I chose fudge. Instead of, you know, uh, calling out yeah. the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and saying that, you could say cheese and crackers. Or, son of a bee sting. Or, or son of a bee sting. Or you could say Crimea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but... Fudgesicles. <laughs> what, what is your favorite replacement word for a profane word? I do say son of a bee sting a lot. That's a good one. That's My dad one. says son of a biscuit eater. That's a good one. Those are good ones. Ladies and gentlemen, we're putting a question out to you. And our question of the week, what is your favorite replacement word for a profane word that you can't say? You're yelling at your kids and you don't want to be a bad role model. You don't want to call them a beep. Wait, I actually have a beep. You don't want to call them up. <laughs> Uh, you'll hear it in post. You'll hear it later. <laughs> you don't want to call them that and you, you use a replacement word. What is the replacement word you're using out there? I, I'm going to believe that the Taney family doesn't use replacement words. I think I think they're a full of, of they're they're Krav Maga of, of verbal assault <laughs> on the kids. They, they use whatever they feel is appropriate. I had, a, I had a great conversation with Superfan James this week, and uh, and and some texting back and forth between him and his wife and him. Uh, very entertaining family. They uh, they make me laugh. It's time to talk about cooking. And tonight, prove one thing: you know all. Every week we uh, dig into the food, and we do that because we have an expert with us. Whether it's welding or baking chick brew is board certified in both she can she can teach us a little something about food i am the amateur food person although i am pretty good she is the expert food person who's 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 slightly better who's a little bit better 
and uh, she makes cool things and she can teach us sometimes how to make these cool things what has been on your food journey over the last week well i haven't been cooking because i was out of town but i was in vienna and i ate so much schnitzel so much potato salad and i had a curry worse i ate all the things and it was glorious but i have started a new thing on my page for my business where i'm going to let people buy in sort of because if you can imagine trying new recipes can get expensive especially if it's food that you want to make for other people because they'll buy it but it's not necessarily food that you can eat all the time right like you want to like do some test runs of it so now i have for five dollars you can buy in for the month's mystery make (laughs) i love it you chip in the five dollars i will make something that i have never made before or i'm trying to perfect and it gets you a portion and the portion will be divided amongst all of the people who have chipped in okay that's what your five dollars gets so if i am trying a dinner or something and five people have chipped in it's going to get divided five ways and so it's it's not a good response If only five people check in, uh, chip in and you're making a dinner, you've received $25 to, to offset the cost of your experiment. But I, so far I have had, I think, 10 or 12 people who are interested in doing this. And I posted it four hours ago. So I think, I think it will go well. Because I'm letting them also, like, I want to know what people want. Of course, I can make things. But it doesn't do me any good to make things if no one wants them. So trying to find those, let me know what what food have you been missing from back home? What food is not hitting here? And then it gives me an opportunity to get their feedback also. And you know, like, oh. If, so if through the this. course of the discussion, you determine what you're going to make. Yep. And this discussion started four hours ago and it's leaning towards what at this point? No, no, no. Just people who are interested in doing this. I had to see if anyone wanted to even do. You're receiving good responses. Yes. So I am going to make some suggestions of things I've wanted to be doing. I do want to like, I'm trying to perfect croissants, but good butter is expensive. Have you (laughs) thought about using some gris? Some what? Gr? Ghee? Ghee? That, that does not have the milk solids in it, and it will become a um, soupy puddle. <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, this is something I never knew of before. I didn't even know it existed. And through the course of our conversation, I now know it's a thing. And in my most recent trip to Costco, I found a giant bucket of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I so I make my own ghee, and I put, like, turmeric and cardamom and clove in it so that it has some nice anti-inflammatory properties. Of course, because that's exactly <laughs> what everybody wants in their croissant. Right. <laughs> but I use it to make like popcorn and like cook my chicken in. It always it gives everything just a nice savory undertaste to it, which is nice. So uh, you're, you're looking at making croissants. Yeah, just, yeah. So that might be my first one because I I have been working on them, but good butter is expensive butter the cost of butter has gone up the cost <laughs> of everything has up. gone up have you priced an abortion lately they're ridiculous now i'm just, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> no 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 <laughs> how uh, so how hard is it to make a croissant 
it is not easy. It is very time consuming. It takes uh, like three days. Three days? <laughs> You're yeah. kidding. I'm not. Because the first, you have to make the dough and you have to let it proof. And then you have your like butter block and you have to roll it and you have to chill the dough again. And then you roll, fold it and roll it, fold it, chill it again. And then you have to let that rest for like 12 hours. And then you roll it and cut your croissants, roll your croissants. And then you have to let those rest and proof and rise again. It takes like three days. How bad are the Pillsbury croissants uh, that you take out of the little can and then you fold and then you make in like 40 minutes? I, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, they're homemade. They're made from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're talking 40 minutes from a, which is, I believe Pillsbury makes a quality product to yeah. three or four days for a potentially not quality product. Because it can fail at any point, right? It can fail at any point. Just get them out of no, the can. I, Just get them out of the little tubey thingy. Come on. So like the last time I made it, I did like a lavender honey butter instead of just regular butter. And the flavor was fantastic. It was so nice. Right. But if you use so that exact that same butter, if you use that exact same butter on some Pillsbury croissants that you no, take out I of the thing. and. So you put it inside when you're like doing when you are laminating the dough, you're folding that butter into every layer. I'm not, you know, just put it on top. I made it like I made the butter and it was rolled into every layer. And, so, and again, unless you're like a commercial grade bakery, well, you, you can't you can't afford croissants. If it takes that long to make and they're that expensive and complex to make, you can't, you can't put a price point on them. We should, if I would have known it was that complicated to make them, I would expect to be paying like $10 a croissant versus 70 cents a croissant. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you need, it takes, it's space and time and you're making a big batch. If you're making a huge batch of dough, maybe, you know, like they're also using, machines to to sheet dough sheeters yeah i i am not i am using <laughs> the rolling pin well thank god you've been doing those wall push-ups oh my god those are the worst get that going there hey, hey. No, it's, it's supposed to get rid of the the you know <laughs> this part right here okay i i can do some I wall push-ups i think my doctor's cleared me for wall push-ups you should do them they are the worst what I, and I was doing them every day, what and then I think, they got really <laughs> and then I stopped doing them for three days, and then they got awful again. All right, we're going right into our uh, resolution rewards update. Hold on. It is time for a resolution rewards update. All right, as everybody knows, at the beginning of January, we started doing our resolution and rewards update. Where we got a couple of our fans, our listeners, and us us together. We all joined in the competition where every day we would have to post a video of us doing exercise. And the day that we didn't do that anymore, then we fall out of the competition and we forfeit our money. Uh, the current prize pool is $100. If this goes beyond July the 1st, it'll be $200. If it goes all the way into the, the mid-December, late December, we'll do some type of tiebreaker. But eventually, one person will win the entire pool. Uh, one person who is remaining will win the entire pool. So congratulations. To those of you in the Resolution Rewards program who are doing so well, so far only one person has dropped out, and that person did have a doctor's excuse. 
I want to talk about some of the crazier things. The trampoline parks. Those yes. look like so much fun. I'm so jealous. Yes, I understand <laughs> a trampoline is a workout. but And we're allowing it to count because they're doing the video thing. So good on them. Uh, what else? You got you doing the wall push-ups. Those are the worst. <laughs> I think the wall push-ups are amazing. The only problem is with your videography of the wall push-up. I don't know where you've got the phone. I don't know how you're taking it. But it could be really, really cool if I didn't know you were on a wall. If I thought these were floor push-ups and you were doing them with the same ease. <laughs> well, like the one time I accidentally ended up upside down, I still have no idea how I did that. That was that was a fun one. And, of course, with uh, Carrie, uh, her she has yet to repeat a T-shirt yet. <laughs> she, is a, she is a fresh T-shirt every single day. And I don't buy workout clothes with that in mind. I buy workout clothes that are uh, the, the dry wicking fabric. Yes. And they are either black or they are blue. That is it. Something is going on here. All right. Stopped. Yeah. I am either a black or blue uh, moisture wicking shirt away. And that's all I use. For the most part, but uh, during during my active participation in this year's Resolution Rewards program, I pretty much wore the same sweater every single day because it does get cold down in the basement here at the Casa. No, thank you. So for everybody in the Resolution Rewards program, I just want to say to you, uh, keep, keep, keep up the good work. But remember, when you're making your accountability videos, um, be entertaining, be motivating, promote the show. Because you're doing it on our page. And uh, and let's see if the audience, who is also on our page, can can help boost you a little bit by picking, you know, every week. I would love if the audience, like, said, this is my favorite video of this week. Or this is my We're favorite... <laughs> This is my favorite participant of the week or you go Tommy, you know, or Grover, I think was his nickname. We gave him at one point. Oh, yeah. Baby Grover. Baby Grover. Baby Grover. <laughs> I stand by that name. I would love to get the audience a little bit more involved with the participants because we have more audience members than we have participants. And then the next time we do a competition, maybe we'll have more participants. Uh, well, I, I, I don't want to say more participants than audience members, but just more participants. So that's the book. I of mean, everything. they're the ones that are missing out because it's the fun part. <laughs> Doing it is the fun part. Yes. Also, it, it was like random. What was it? It was when I was in Austria. We had been traveling the whole day. I got in bed and I was like dozing and I jumped out of bed. I was like, oh, fudge. I forgot to do my plank. <laughs> and I've been telling myself from when we arrived at the hotel, do your plank, do your plank, do your plank, do your plank. And I forgot. So. I think everybody's had a close call. I know, uh, and it's strange with Tommy. Tommy's put himself, it's like Tommy put himself on punishment. Like uh, he became self-aware that he was spending too much time looking at a screen. So he limited his screen time and, and that doesn't allow him to upload videos. Again, I'm not going to be the one to say, but uh, there, there's some questionables. When when they're when they're uploaded past midnight on the day of, you know, let's as a general reminder to everybody, you know, <laughs> make sure you get your because I don't want anybody to fall out of the competition. I love the fact that the competition continues, but at the same time, you know, the rules are the rules. I fell out, somebody else could fall out. 
but I don't want you to fall out. So sometimes, make- sometimes I get close because I will have gotten off work and I'm cooking. I'm like, we're going to be up all night. And I'm like, oh, I'll do it when I'm done. And then I look, look and I'm like, it is 1145. Or I hate when you go to post and it'll be like, oops, something happened. And it still says it's loading. And you're like, but are you loading? Like I think trying. I messaged you. Did my load? Did my video load? It's like trying to get get your term paper in at the end of the you know your exam in at the end of the term, and it's just spinning so the little blue dot. <laughs> if I had submitted exam papers with the same consistency and exuberance that I am submitting these videos, college would not have taken sixteen years to complete. <laughs> Hey, I mean, it's going back to our earlier argument about if uh, criminals applied themselves to legitimate businesses. <laughs> it's all about the proper motivation, apparently. Hey, you know what time it is? It's time for our fan favorite segment of the week. It is time for the birthday boost section of the program where every week we identify our family, friends, and uh, uh, neighbors and uh, members and participants. We Every week we identify those people who have uh, birthdays. If those people are worthy, they will get a birthday boost, which is us lying profusely about how amazing they are. And if they are not worthy of a birthday boost, then they will get uh, an honorable mention. That's what they're going to get. So uh, I'm looking at my list. Hopefully you're looking at yours. Who is your birthday boost? My first one is going to be Kevin Judson. And I've known Kevin for a long time, but we are not exceptionally close friends. But one of the first times I ever hung out with him, he was like, you guys want to see something cool? (laughs) college was a weird time yes we do guy i barely know and he took us to, <laughs> because we, we were downtown of course downtown austin everything was going swimmingly but he we walked over to the austin capitol building and he showed us where all these baby armadillo run around in the garden and all of the if you're on the grounds there's all these like peaked windows and each of those windows there they're tunnels that run under the Capitol. And it was just really cool. It was one of those things I didn't know about my city. And he showed me and it was also who doesn't love baby armadillo? Um, People with leprosy. Oh, I don't know any of them. I think I think the cheers are for you not knowing people with leprosy. But yes, armadillos are known to be leprosy carriers. So uh, never, uh, never touch them without gloves, okay? Because well, I lick them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lick them either. <laughs> lick the armadillo. <laughs> I, you know, we've been doing this show for a couple of years, and uh, the birthday boost section we've been doing for a few. And I, I'm looking at names here, and I'm like, I think I've given every one of these people a birthday boost before. I am saddened to see the great Gilbert Godfrey uh, would have been celebrating his birthday uh, in, during the this week of our show. Uh, very funny man, very genuine, very loving individual. I miss him so much. But as I look through the list... I'm going to give, so <laughs> I see my sister-in-law, she's got a um, a fundraiser going on there at the same time. So not only does it show that it's her birthday, 
but it also shows the fundraiser. So she's taking up a lot of property on my screen. But I, I, I'm pretty sure last year I gave her an amazing birthday boost for her birthday, and she never acknowledged it in any way, shape, or form, even when I told her about it. So I'm not going to waste a birthday boost on my sister-in-law Janice again. Instead, what the? (laughs) No, the birthday burn program did not last long at all. Uh, Thought you were safe from a birthday burn. Jose (laughs) Luis Calon uh, has been an amazing friend. Uh, in in everything, uh, we were we we worked together, and we we hashed together, and we partied together. And I love this man. I love him. I love his wife. I love his kids. This is a test. Okay, all right. I can see me. How about you? Yep. <laughs> nope. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're doing a sound check, be sure to use one syllable things. That always helps. Uh, all right. Uh, where was I? I was on Jose. Yeah, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen, a little technical error there. Again, as I was saying, Jose, Kimber, the kids, I love them. They're, they're an amazing family, and uh, they, they, they make my life better by knowing them. And he's only a couple of states away, and I'm a couple of states away, and we haven't, been, we haven't seen each other. We haven't been in touch with each other since I've been back to the States, and I've, I'm starting to regret that. When I went through my issue, uh, it was an issue that he was familiar with, so we have since talked about that. He is getting ready to retire, but of course he's not having a ceremony, so there's no reason for me to go visit him. And uh, but I want to, I want to, I want to visit my friend because I love him and he's, he's great people. So the the military allows you to meet people you would have never met, and somehow, amazingly, you're able to become friends with people that, if it weren't for the military, you would have never crossed paths with. And I am so glad that the Navy put me and Jose together in Rota, Spain. I love that man. I wish him nothing but the best, happiest of happy birthdays. And, uh, you know, keep doing you, boo. Who is your second? What? Wait, hold on. I just will never forget watching him run. What You know, the dark road by the CB camp? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, his, with the butterfly with lighting? And I was like, there's an alien on the road. <laughs> I almost hit him just so that I could claim the reward. My second person is Rosa. Do you remember Rosa? Uh, no. Does the ICR course. Okay. That woman, every time I see her, she matches. You know, like Spanish people can dress. Like they can dress, right? Uh-huh. I have seen her where her phone matches her earrings, matches her watch, matches her jacket, matches her shoes. I've never known a more put-together human than Rosa. I don't know who Rosa is, and, and if, this is the, if this is the same person, I'm going to feel bad that I've—, I've uh, There was a woman that worked in security with us, and she left us to go work for the Family Service Center, and she does some briefings and stuff like that. I cannot remember her name. Uh, maybe with an L. Maybe it starts with an L. But she was fantastic. She was a fantastic lady. Loved working with her. Leo. What? Leia. Leia. Say, say again. Leo. Yes. Leo. Yes. She's still there. Yes. So uh, <laughs> this is all right. So there's no women that uh, at the time there's no women uh, women working upstairs in security, and anytime Leia would come by or Leo Leo, uh, anytime Leo would come by. You know, she's really well put together Spanish woman who uh, finds the most sensuous of perfumes and it just wafts 
through the hallway. Like she would come in, drop off something and leave. And then all the men in there with their nose would be like, <laughs> the caveman instinct to follow the beautiful smell and the aroma. And uh, it was because it was just it would be so funny because we'd just be sitting there and uh, then the smell would hit us at different times as it made its way to us or the aroma, if you will, the scent. And, and all of us had the same reaction. It, it was just like our eyes would open wide and, and, and there, there is someone that smells really nice in close proximity. And each one of the men in these offices would get their own man-like response <laughs> to like, ah, 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 ah. yes. Sorry. So Leo and Rosa work together now. Oh, okay. Rosa is the shorter version of Leo. Oh, really? Same, yeah, same amount of put together elegant. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. They're both. They're the dream team. And if if there was, I'll tell Leo you said hello because I will probably see her Tuesday. <laughs> if there was an American version of Leo, uh, it, it it would be my wife's coworker, uh, Lauren, because she is extremely well put together. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't I don't know how that could be taken any way out of context. That's just when you say a, a, that a woman is extremely well put together. It's just like everything is on point from their shoes to their nails to their hair. We do this every day. Yeah. I maybe once a year. Yeah. For like something with the week. word ball involved. Probably not even then. <laughs> <laughs> right? Even at my best, I'm like one eighth of of them. And they do it every day. Also. Rosa and Leo, two of the nicest people. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. When we when we started doing the Rota Santa run, it was it was definitely with the help of Leo. Uh, and she had put us in contact with the right people and helped us put that thing together. And and we there's we couldn't have done it without her. And that was a, a great thing that we did. And I, I appreciate her for it. She's just a, an amazing person. I, I love her and I miss her. Ha <laughs> ha. Said it. Oh, it was Rosa great, and so was Leo. Happy birthday, Rosa! Leo is excellent. <laughs> I, I'm gonna give my uh, final uh, birthday boost to just one of uh, again. You know, we are lucky to surround ourselves with uh, wonderful, unique, genuine, just amazing people. And and Treva Short, Treva Milner Short, uh, just Treva. Everybody knows Treva is Treva. Treva and her husband, Kenny, they came to visit us for Julie's surprise birthday party and they hung out with us. And they're just number one. They're an amazing couple and she's an amazing lady. And the work that she did on her wine uh, closet was phenomenal. It is uh, it is eating at the core of my masculinity that she was able to put something together so much better than I've been able to do. And she has since left me. Um, she has since left us from this area and they've gone back overseas. So I didn't get to talk to her, but I need to talk to her because there's some logistics. Uh, pardon the interruption. Zeus had something he wanted to say about Treva, too, because uh, uh, Treva and Kenny, they came into the house and, and everybody got f properly familiarized and they uh, they petted Zeus and Zeus loves them. And and, and I guess I for whatever reason, uh, the name Treva sparked him. So, Treva. I wish you nothing but the best. A happy of happiest birthdays. And I push a button. Who is on your honorable mentions? All right. I'm going to go with Eric Malone, Keith Williams, Carolyn Windsor, Nancy Barber, and Daniel Gaither. Ah, Gaith <laughs> Gaither was on mine, too. 
Uh, David Blackburn, Carlos Finch, Garrett O'Ryan, Theodore Beebe, uh, Elvis O'Brien Rodriguez, and uh, Token, uh, Brandon Crump, all celebrating their birthdays during this taping issues. Remember, we don't want you to celebrate your real birthday online. Be smart and use fake birthdays. But if your fake birthday is being recognized, it's because we love you. Because you're a contributor, because you're a listener, because there's something about you that we wanted to acknowledge. As always, we wish you nothing but the biggest, the best, the brightest, happiest of happy uh, birthdays. It's been a long time since we've done that. <laughs> I've missed it. <laughs> well, people, uh, people definitely remember that part about us. We have uh, covered everything that we normally need to cover in a timeline that should make Mr. Allen happy. Who knows how this ends up in editing? There were some quirks along the way. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I think we're good. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, I just remind you today, as I remind you every day, be the best person that you can be. And if you were a great person today, be an even better person tomorrow. And don't forget that you are loved. Thank you for listening to T-Bone and Chick Brew. If you enjoyed that show, you should check out the Jerome McLean Show, independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet and nobody's leaving, so let's reason together. You can find the Jerome McLean Show at the same place you actually listen to this show. Give it a shot. We did stand-up night at the Liberty Center. Oh, we should have talked about that. Uh, I didn't come up. 